Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 266, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. I'm going to try and keep this throat bubble going. Yeah, the whole I think episode. it's stuck, it's... my guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's just run with it. Uh, it's, ah, <laughs> uh, there it goes. Oh, I can't it's wait. <laughs> da. It's Tuesday, December 6th. 2022, 12-6. Oh, Appropriate, because it's a world trick shot day, and you're about to hit one with that throat bubble the... that went for like 60 seconds. Uh, also, St. Nicholas Day, National Miners hey. Day, like if you're out there mining, National Microwave Oven Day, National Gazpacho Day. Mm. You know? The gazpacho soup burned my lips. <laughs> was room temperature. If you're, expecting, you're expecting it to be cold. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Although, look, I'm going to uh-huh. be real. I, my, I, I prefer Salmojero versus uh, That's just me. Okay. Look, I was just in Spain. You know what I mean? So, look. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's have how you been I get to Spain? Down. No way. Oh, you've been to Spain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's shocking. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Eggnog. It's the main drink in our house. Eggnog. Woo! Feeling viscous in my mouth. Eggnog. <laughs> oh, so milky and so sweet. Eggnog. <laughs> that spice flavor can't be beat. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, that is courtesy of... Ooh, I left the name off. Son of a bitch. It was Our House Chorus by Madness. Which I thought that was by the fucking Talking Heads. I'm a dumb dumb. Wow. Anyways, what? I will find out who you are, you brilliant... Prince of Maine, but before the show, actually, while Miles does his AK, I'll go find, find it. Babe. 
Hey, speaking of while Miles does his yeah. day, I'm huh? thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, a.k.a. All around the world, we can drink that nog. Sipping in the dipping like scotch from a bog. Nog pouring out with sweet milky goodness. I drink it all day, but that's none of your business. I know, I know for sure that all this eggnog will surely kill me soon. I know, I know it's true. Give me more of that sweet eggy goo. Okay, shout out to Pat on the Discord. Hit RHCPK and then made it eggnog. So I appreciate yeah. that. Fusion. I bet uh, I bet uh, CPK has some eggnog offerings. Uh, oh, mine yeah. was from Josiah on Twitter. J-O-Z-A-I-Y-A. Okay, okay. Shout out to you friend mm-hmm. miles so huh. two eggnogs and, and you do fuck with eggnog i feel like oh, we might yeah. have talked about eggnog when you were out and so i was outnumbered uh it's good to be oh you're with, people, with my eggnog brethren what happened no you were out yeah yeah, yeah. when when we talked about eggnog and i think the co-host matt Lieb and the guests were like it's fucking gross it's disgusting oh man i mean I don't, i'm not out here being like it's objectively fantastic i'm just saying do i get down yeah 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 and i don't care if you judge me i'm just i'm living my own you know what I mean? it's bad like i i get that it's objectively bad it's just a badness that is too good for me to pass up yeah i just think of it as melted ice cream that's how i thought of it as that's a kid. exactly what it tastes like and then yeah. i just and then i think also too in my family like my grandfather used to make like that was the thing he would always make the eggnog at the house and i would just drink it up and then, like, I had Coquito, and then I was like, man, we're all thinking the right things. We're all mm-hmm. in the same place. Same page. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the host of a brilliant new podcast, Winger Invisible, that interviews people in the working class, many of whom have what? never been interviewed before because they're in the gasp working class in America. Wow. America doesn't like to admit we have one of those. I've heard of these people in the New York Times. <laughs> I yeah, the New York about Times. Them. Yeah, they they all exist in huh. uh, suburbs of Pittsburgh. They work in a se- steel mill. And, uh, <laughs> and this is why it's all... okay that they hate immigrants. Yeah, is exactly. the thrust of that op-ed. That's right. She's from the first class of the Next Up Fellowship, created yes. by super producer Ana Hosnier. Please welcome the brilliant, the talented Maria Fernanda Diaz. Hey, what's up? Well, Thanks what for up? having me. Thanks for coming Thank you on. for being here. I saw you squirming a little bit. Are you an eggnog? Love her. I, it, I like it's just holiday season to me. I mean, like sure. Latinos really do it up during the holidays. So uh-huh. it's like eggnog, it's coquito, it's yeah. everything that's like a holiday drink, and like also melted ice cream. That makes yeah. complete sense and exactly how I thought of it. Like whenever right. I had it, I'm like, exactly. yes, exactly. My holiday punch when I was a kid. This was like the first thing that I ever made. It was like I think I made it when I was like seven or eight for a holiday party we were having in our house. And it was, now get ready, because this is pretty complicated. Shit. It was Wait, First of all, a, your parents were like, Jack, would you like to make a punch <laughs> for the party later? Is that kind of how this happened? I found or- a ch- uh, children's cookbook at the a, at the library. And I was like, this is my shit. Get ready, motherfuckers. Your, your minds are about <laughs> to be ready. blown. Excuse me, Jack? And, uh, what did you say to me? It Nothing was mom. Sprite. Okay. <laughs> it was a bit, like a whole two gallon of Sprite, a uh, gallon of orange juice, and then just a whole tub of Briar's vanilla ice cream. You just oh. dumped that shit in there like an iceberg. And it just kind of cooked at the top and like made milky bubbles. And it was better than 
you might expect. That sounds it was pretty fun, right? Good. Felt probably yeah. was like uh, one of those like orange creamsicles. Like, yeah, it was like right. an orange creamsicle. Yeah. But oh, I was exactly. very proud. I thought Just you were being in like, like punch hurt. version though. Like I'm imagining yeah. it swimming in a bowl, not in individual cups right now. Right. Yeah, it was good until it got flat and then it wasn't as good. And that was like <laughs> within the minute because you're pour- pouring a whole 20 gallon of, or two gallon of Sprite into a punch bowl. So it gets, loses the fizz quickly. And the fizz but, starts curdling that cream a little bit. Yeah, there's a little curdle mm. going on that mm. we right. don't talk about in this household. <laughs> but yeah, where are you right now? Um, I'm right now in Atlanta, Georgia, actually. Atlanta, Georgia. All right. Is that yeah. where you, you've, you've, is that like your home or where, what's, how did you get to Atlanta? Are you from Atlanta? Uh, no, so my parents actually moved here like six years ago Okay, from the Twin Cities. And okay. so I've, fun fact, I haven't had a home base since February Oh, because okay. like one rent is too damn high in yeah, New York the rent City. It is too damn high, it turns out. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, so I had to do a few like work trips and stuff like that for different things. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be really, really lucky and blessed yeah. and be able to hop around. Yeah. And, you know, still having lived in New York City for 10 years, like I have a lot of friends there. So whenever I have to go back to the city right now, I'll just stay with folks and then like have had to come out to Atlanta a couple of times and my parents are here. So then I'm like, That's cool, nice. I'm going to chill with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. a travel hub, great place to travel from. Huge, huge airport, right? <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's insane. Huge. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was crazy because when I was coming from Mexico, visiting my family with my grandmother, like we were coming back from my brother's wedding and we had to walk like 40 minutes in the terminal together to get from the gate to Oof. customs. And I'm like, wow. this is an 86 year old yeah, lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's a workout. laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I guess not a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah those like, done those carts that carry the the older folks around are well earned in many in many airports. Oh yeah, because it's it's like a just a villainous amount like distance to travel. Like even like with one bag, I'm like, oh my knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to walk like a three quarters of a mile. <laughs> And what's it? What's Atlanta like when it comes to the holidays? Are they are they doing it up right? I've actually never really thought about it. other than the relationship between you know Santa Claus being a property of Coca Cola and yeah Coca Cola <laughs> running the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that yep. right? Is it pretty Christmassy down there? How you, how you feel? It's fairly Christmassy. Yeah. They also have their own like peach drop, which is like their ball drop. Okay, so they like it's a thing out here so yeah it's it's cute everybody's got like the decorations up and cute and whatnot so it's cute all right well we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're going to tell our listeners a few of the stories we're talking about we're going to talk about the massive bombshell that wasn't over the weekend on twitter oh it was jack don't do that now i mean okay yeah elon said bombshell it bombshell Hey, we report, you decide. We'll tell you what <laughs> what happened. If our constitutional rights were violated. Yes. Yeah, Trump wants to overturn the election based on what was revealed. So we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk to you, Maria, about when you're invisible and just class in America, what you've discovered kind of yeah. in, in making that podcast. Uh, before we get to any of that, Maria, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? 
So my search history recently has included a lot from like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever and Mm. all the Easter eggs. Okay. Because I just watched it with my cousin who recently moved to the U.S., like literally new, fresh off the plane. Okay. Week one. And so he's like, yeah, I'll go to like a movie theater because it's comforting. It's what he would do in Mexico for fun. So we watched Wakanda forever. And now I'm like trying to find all the Easter eggs and learn more. I've not delved into the Easter eggs yet. I haven't haven't gone to the theater by my house, like rotated it out for something else very suddenly. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So now I'm going to have to go to like a bigger theater. I like to go like my local because it's smaller, but like, you know, I'll, I'm going to venture out there because it's that's like my first theater, my next theater movie I'm going to. Dope. Wait, but you liked it, though? You liked the movie? Just I for the... did. I, I think like. <laughs> that sounded enthusiastic. It's, it's very much like sad Wakanda. Yeah. As people were saying, like, there's a lot. Of, it's like a, it's it's both like a lot of action and your typical like Marvel. And then there's a lot of like quieter undertones. Wow. Right. And, and just like gently sad, but I also like freaking love that, like they're speaking Mayan in the film. Like it's freaking mm-hmm. cool. And so, yeah. like I just like didn't know much about Namor, and then I I was just been like, he's really awesome, and now I want to explore what world he comes from and that kind of thing. Got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. So you're diving in the you get the comics now. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into the comics. <laughs> there you go. Which, right. Yeah. Which I'm like, I, I've read some, but I'm not like a huge. Sure, sure, sure. But enough to be person. like, oh, I'll look at I'll look a little yeah. this a little bit. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. What is something you think is overrated? Voice memos. I don't mm. know if they're like, for me, like voice memos feel really overrated. Like, unless it's just like a sweet, like, hey, think of you or just going to like say something stupid and fun. If we're having a whole conversation over voice memos, it's freaking hard to keep track for me. Mm, yeah, and then I can't go me. back and reference. Yeah, just call yeah. me. Like, I'm like, either text me or just call me. Like, I, I want one or the other. But now, this like I, weird in between. Is this happen? When I have voice voice memos, it used to happen in two ways. On yeah. iMessage, like on your phone, when people send voice notes, that's usually how drug dealers talk to each other. So there's no real text. You just send these ethereal mm-hmm. voice notes to you know disappear to coordinate things yes and then but then i also have a version where like i talk to people that live abroad on whatsapp and all that is straight voice memo (laughs) conversations from people especially like i know a lot like there are people i talk to in like costa rica or like africa and stuff and they just hit you with a two minute and a half voice memo and i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's like, for example, for us, like being like Mexican and then ha- having a lot of Latin American friends. And like, also like my French sister was like, here's a three different voice memos back to back, which are each like three minute long things. Right. And I, I'm just like, oh my God, like I love it. And I'm glad that WhatsApp at least I can like go back and listen to it. But like, right. there's still no mode to like fast forward. Yeah, like Either. scrub. To the yeah. 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 And I'm like, so if I've listened and then I had to pause and then it closes for some reason. Yeah. And with iMessage, it's like the moment you pause it, it starts back from the beginning. Right. Ooh. So yeah. then you're Here's like, a little podcast I mm. made for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But much. I get it too. Like it is hard because when you're abroad, right? The time zones, you don't know if you're gonna actually call each other on the phone. So I I understand the impulse to be like, let me send you my voice and then you send your voice back. So then it kind of feels like we're just connecting a little bit deeper than text. But 
Like yes. when I got married, I had a cousin send me a no joke, a seven minute voice message about my wedding. And I was like, this is a lot to listen like, to. Like, <laughs> see, like, and that I'm like, that's both really sweet and endearing. Yeah. And I'm glad you have it now. But then yeah. I'm also like, yeah, I've gotten 12 minute ones before. Yeah. That's and I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I really do. But when I have, then also what's ridiculous is when you go back and forth and you're like, we're clearly in this chat at the same time. <laughs> right, right. We're right. clearly here together. Yeah. Let's yeah. use the terrible phone function on it instead. Yeah. Is yeah. the phone function terrible on like what's that? That's like a bit of a delay. Yeah. 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 That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's also bad when, like, if you send a voice memo or if you're getting a voice memo and it transcribes for you. And they've gotten good at transcribing, so, like, the, they're getting the words right. But, like, I've never felt stupider than, like, seeing my words transcribed because there's pauses, <laughs> there's, uh, like, and <laughs> just, like, what is happening? This, uh, I, I would rather have just texted this straight, and ha had the delete function then yeah there's always a chance you'll be transcribed and that's not good for anyone usually no. unless you speak in complete sentences like some sort of freak <laughs> what is something you think is underrated oh how incredible like youtube is for exposing languages to like the next generation like i have students and like inner city kids who know japanese because they're watching anime wow and i'm just like Wait, you're learning a whole language from anime? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, yeah. And then it, I just started researching more or I started looking up more anime and just have been picking things up. And so, and they'll just like start talking to each other in Japanese like phrases. Conversational Japanese. Yeah. From, I, I mean, was, that makes sense. I was sense. born in the wrong era. Yeah. It makes sense, right? Because you often hear so many people say, well, I learned this language from watching TV or like I, yeah, like know, Amer I, worked, I learned English from watching from just American like, TV or whatever. Yeah. Watching American TV. But this gives everybody right. like, cross border access for the most part, unless like, yeah. Disney's on it or something. Right. There's a Disney song on it. Yeah. And so oh, you, nice. you just have borderless access to any TV show around the world. So that's. That is cool. I hadn't thought about that. What what ages are you teaching? I teach like all ages. Uh, my youngest is six and my oldest, I actually teach adult learners Spanish as well. So my oldest is wow. 53. Okay. But I mostly teach middle school and high schoolers. But then I also, my friend and I started a mentorship program in Chicago on the South Side. And we like go talk to kids and help them with like school and then introduce them to community members out in Chicago to be like, yo, this is what you can do. Or if you have any questions, like ask me. Mm -hmm. And they're all like fourth, fifth and, and third graders. So they're pretty wonderful. But, but speaking wow. Japanese at a sixth yeah. grade level. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, what? How? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so yeah. wild. Man, it, as like being half black and half Japanese. I, th it was never cool for me to be speaking Japanese around black people like until like the last fucking five years. And people were like, yo, you fuck with anime? I'm like, no. I mean, I did <laughs> when I was a child, but that got roasted out of me very quickly from cousins. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, it's so funny to watch now the like this true embrace of like anime. Right. Especially with like, yeah, like young black kids and just and even like even my age, like the amount of like the black anime nerds that they, they're out here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like in high school when it was just like the anime club was right. it. And it was like five people. Right. Because I wow. look at like, you know, like we had uh, the public defender, Alayamia Lurin on. And her whole like her whole apartment is like anime, like art that she has. Like she's got Vegeta's yeah. and like all kinds of stuff like on the wall. I'm like, damn, fucking everybody's fucking with anime. <laughs> yeah. What's the what's the cool like show with? with kids these days <laughs> oh it's kind of it's all over like they re- like some of them for my kids at least they recently discovered naruto and they're like do you know right. this show it's ancient <laughs> right right and they're like <laughs> your time <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and they're just like and so it's like funny to watch them oscillate i'm trying to remember what else was recently oh, in the air though, that but that's just, like yeah yeah, there's just like, oh my god, this next thing, and like also just like Naruto. That was mm-hmm. like hilarious. That I'm like, ah, yes, the thing that I can track that literally was not popular during my time, <laughs> as in like right. not cool to like, and now right. everybody has to know it. Do you know it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the idea of an anime club is even foreign to me, but that's that's because I'm old as fuck. But oh but, wow, yeah, yeah. They, they asked me to be in the anime should. club in high school. I was like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, nah, I'm smoking weed after school, man. Y'all can talk about anime, but that's, do you. (laughs) Right, right. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about Twitter and why the 2020 election, man, yeah, we're still talking about the 2020, the 2020 election should be overturned, according to Donald Trump. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring the Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. And... Yeah, Elon Musk was putting in work for the uh, Republicans and for Trump this weekend, being like, well, big, big bombshell coming and you're, you're going to find out all the all the shit that like Twitter was trying to hide from you about <laughs> what really went down in this last election. Yeah. And the so the thing is, it basically revolves around Hunter Biden's dick. That's yeah. If you distill it down to its essentials this really revolves around quite literally hunter biden's dick essentially right like matt taibbi like put this whole thread out that like exposed how twitter was violating the first amendment or that was like the thrust of like what like what the revelations were from this thread and essentially the biden campaign during the like the election asked twitter to you know refrain from posting certain things from the hunter biden laptop scandal because they're like some of it's just salacious doesn't even make sense twitter obliged and now the right is like this is proof positive that the biden administration was abusing its powers to violate free speech and every, first off everyone's like sir he was candidate Biden. He was not the government. So he wasn't violating right. anything. And also this is Twitter. We went we go over this all the time with private companies. So fine. Keep saying that. But like a couple of things, the other uh, aside from him not being president, it's like it's the material that makes this story like just so stupid. And you're like, why are these people so obsessed with him? Really, the thing that they didn't want them to post, like you're saying, Jack, it was pictures of a naked Hunter Biden in bed. Like, and you right. can see his, his genitals. Okay. And the Republicans are like, oh man, they needed to see that. They needed to see this boy packing meat. And that's what they felt <laughs> like was right. the like, right Like, doesn't he have people. like a pretty good dick? Like, that's what, like, when that shit came out, that was like the, on, on, I remember in the election, they're like, man, these laptop photos are like, they definitely ain't hurting Hunter Biden. Right. So, so. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I guess beyond the, like them trying to humiliate him, is it just, it's just the act of him trying to hold it back there's just like nothing that would have been revealed that's different than what we know like no he, there's been like sex tapes from hunter biden like that have been leaked and stuff there are so all kinds not, of stuff and people yeah. don't like it's clear hunter biden is not some saint but his story is like very relatable you know, like people know somebody or have people in their family who are probably start, like struggling with substance abuse or some emotional troubles. And, you know, like and like a lot of people are like, oh, shit, that's that's got to be tough. There was that one. Remember, there's like that one voicemail we heard where Joe Biden was like, hey, I love you, son. Like, I yeah. don't, you know, no matter hmm. what. And like the right was like, oh, look at Joe Biden giving a fuck about his son or something. And it's like, what? What? Like, what do you think the damaging information is? Because. The thing that they don't have is some email where he's like, hey, dad, it's me, Hunter Biden. I'm going to do a corrupt deal in Ukraine. Can you bail me out with your influence? XO Hunter. Like that's that doesn't exist. And if it did, it probably would have come out because if you remember, 
like Rudy Giuliani had this fucking laptop for like ages. Like right. before a lot of these stories came out. So it's like, okay, so what, like, where, what are y'all doing? Are you just obsessed with this man's like naked body or right. like, cause you're so like your distillation of manhood. It really does come down to like your genitalia size. Yeah. I mean, if we, yeah. If there, yeah, I think it's all that. If there was a Donald Trump Jr. laptop, right, that he had held back because there was just like loads of compromising footage on it. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I am always curious, like, what, if the shoe's on the other foot. I get. I, I guess think people the difference would probably being... be pissed, but like not at a at a state where it's like impeachment he deserves to no longer be in office no i think they both yeah even democrats would love to humiliate someone in the trump family for sure for sure but i think it falls short of like the logic being and that's why the 2020 election (laughs) needs to be overturned is a bit of a stretch because you know now what from what we've heard from a lot of republicans like inquiries into hunter biden is going to be like a bulk of the work that that the that they're going to be doing in this new congress next year i guess what the mainstream media would have done is like found documents and been like this could have been him trying to fix the election and like setting up a call with putin so like the Mm -hmm. mainstream media and democrats would have like fabricated boring shit whereas they're just the 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 right just wants to wants the sex tapes because they're just they're here for the straight up humiliation. I mean, that's yeah. Seems like a bunch of them are into that behind closed doors anyway. So yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, or out they, out in the open. Yeah, you know. But this is a again. They feel that this is a winner. They must think like just to use all this political capital to like. They must think that Hunter Biden being like far from perfect and a flawed human is going to bring down like the Biden administration and like a 2024 run for Democrats in general. I don't that's what I'm like. I'm not sure what they're going to produce that arrives to the level that they think this is going to like move heaven and earth. But I guess when you look at how their followers are reacting, they're all like of the same mind. They're like, oh, my God, are you serious? They really suppressed dick pics on Twitter. Right. (laughs) This shit's. This shit's an ugly, ugly thing. Yeah. Did they? Because there, there was controversy over like a New York Post headline that Twitter had like maybe suppressed or Facebook had maybe suppressed, but like there, that doesn't seem to be the focus here. It's not like they are you that know, way, that tilting what? the scales. It, remember, there was that like story where the New York Post was reporting on the laptop and the headline was being suppressed on Facebook or that was like an allegation. Oh, is that the, that the New York Post? The I mean, that's probably the yeah, New York yeah. Post one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. W- w- did this shed light on that? Like, Yeah, because it was stuff out of there. And like, it, but the, although emails also showed that the Trump campaign asked Twitter to not like post stuff too or, or like, rep- like you know, keep stuff yeah, down too. So it's like, so when yeah. you read it, really you're going to either be like, okay, so Twitter has a moderation team that would listen to like requests from a presidential campaign. And also they didn't want to post Hunter Biden's dick all over the place. Like that's really what happened. Also, I feel like too, there's so many skeletons in so many people's closets that like get suppressed all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that. It's, it's kind of just like one of those things. It's like, okay, the one select thing and on like, also just like to obsess over, I mean, understandably like Twitter, but also like, it's just one place. I'm like, we right. could have, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's overblown. Yeah. Right. Well, 
I think in this sense, there's just like in who was it? I think in like the New Republic, uh, Michael Tomaski was really like there's he, he was like trying to understand, like, I don't know why they're obsessed. Like, is it because of his his penis? Like, is that <laughs> truly like they saw it and they're like, <laughs> you know, like they have to like and then suddenly they're they're so their lack part of, self- of their brain. That yeah. Is like, like the total yeah. lack of self-awareness is like, <laughs> we got to talk about that. I don't know why, but oh we got God. to. Right. Wow. It's uh, unnatural, right? It's not yeah. good. Like now, it also just feels like a little bit of a brunch session to me. Like I'm right. like between girls, like you might be like, "Hey, like oh my Did god, this person." Yeah. Like we're like, "Can I tell you about my boyfriend?" Yeah. And their right. anatomy, but I'm right. like, "Why? Why do we have to?" Th- I have like, to smoke smoke weed every time, as some yeah. people would say in Sex <laughs> exactly. in the City. But like, oh but that's again so. This transitions into the reaction of Donald Trump, who then got on Kirkland's signature Twitter and decided to scream on whatever his app is. And this is he tried to get another pseudo coup going. He said, quote. So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception and working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party. Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive two fraud. Options I can see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our I great love when founders. He does this. <laughs> yeah. When he starts doing legal language. Oh, yeah. Like, allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles. Articles. Two, four, and <laughs> under the principles of so forth it sounds so like on. that it, it reminds me of that one Jaden and willow smith article that came out like a few years ago when they were like yo what are these teenagers talking about when they were like <laughs> if you think about like the metaphysical they're like these are teenagers that are around like too many like pseudo intellectual people at dinner yes. parties and they're just regurgitating yes. shit that's like trump's yeah. legalese like here forthwith in regards to this article must be suppressed. And they yeah, said we, our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Yeah. Okay. Which he capitalized. You got yeah. his capitalization. Branded, branded. Trying branded. to bring TM. False and fraudulent elections, TM. That's only for me. <laughs> I own that shit. Yeah. I think, look, I agree. The Constitution should be nuked and made yeah. into something that mm-hmm. actually reflects the values of our present day. But that's because the vagueness is open to racist or, you know, misogynistic interpretation constantly, not because it prevented people on Twitter from seeing Hunter Biden's dick. Mm-hmm. So unless you, but again, to each their own, he must have think thought that if that had come out or the whole story had come out, that somehow things would change. But, you know, it's just it, it's really are a stretch very very far but again republicans are very they're like no one's really saying anything about this one they're just like so do you are you on board with this presidential candidate who said fuck the constitution it's, it means nothing and not like in a revolutionary way that was like for the betterment of people like he's just saying like get rid of it because it's getting in the way of like me doing whatever the fuck i want and they're yeah. like oh it's troubling and most people just have like not even said anything it does remind me of the republicans obsession with bill clinton and like they there are plenty of things that you could have like found him wanting as a president uh, for. But they just couldn't get past him being like, you know, a sexually promiscuous, like creepy dude and like just kind of misjudged the room and like put all their chips on like, well, this guy is a creep 
and let's just focus on the sexual details of his life. And obviously, in that case, it was like predatory and all sorts of fucked up. But it's it was like they can't get over their own like sexual obsessions when it comes to public figures that they're trying to take down. Right. And in general, it seems too like with their policies that they're like, oh, everything's a deviation from the norm. But again, I think it's just funny to see Trump like when he starts panicking, like when it looks because this looks like panic. Let's be real. It's not because he's <laughs> like, I honestly, I believe it. That's what we need to do. He's like, fuck, please. Like, there's, I don't know if you saw the news last week because the House has my tax returns. Or I don't know if you read the thing about how the Mar-a-Lago like documents case, like the judge who was helping me out got straight a windmilled on by other judges high in higher courts. So that's not mm-hmm. looking good. And I'm like, yo, just. Don't worry. This man hasn't even come close to ever seeing consequences. So part of me is like, Daddy, chill. You know, most signs point to nobody doing a fucking thing about it. Right. Right. But like he also Uh, thrives on the drama. Like he kind of just like it's that that obsession of like, I got to be in the center. And also like if if I don't get to panic and be self-righteous, then what do I get to be? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, after he. A lot, all of his candidates didn't do well in the midterms. Everyone was like, the Republicans, Trump days are behind them. They're going to ditch this guy. So they're probably all pushing back, right? To make <laughs> yeah. sure they're like, oh. come on, man, this is irrational. And you're, you've been uh, aligning yourself with anti-Semitism. Let's, let's pump the brakes on this. Donald, stop talking, right? That nah, Lindsey no. Graham came through with a statement. Uh, some people were like, oh, that's 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 not good. Like the the <laughs> most someone said was like, I do not agree with the sentiment of that statement at all. And I would not condone that. But it was mm. far short of like, man, that's disqualifying. Mm-hmm. Right. Because no, because that's again, they're like to be humiliated in public where right, they would right. be like, y'all know that's bad. Now, do you want to put the boot all the way down your mouth right now when I ask you for a quote? <laughs> they're like, yeah, oh, so. It's fine. It, it's troubling. You're like, there you go. Snack on that. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, Maria, we are going to talk to you about your podcast, When You're Invisible, and just all the interesting insights about class in America and life in general that uh, we found in there. So we'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back. And let's talk about your podcast, Maria. Let's talk about When You're Invisible. Yeah. Because uh, your first episode dropped last week, I think. I d- It did. And episode two just dropped today yeah. or yesterday. <laughs> so in, in, your first interv- uh, in your first episode, you interviewed someone named Ralph who works mm-hmm. at an Ivy League package center. And it's Columbia University. You went to Columbia. That's how you kind of met him. And he... He talks about growing up in Washington Heights and then like coming to this Ivy League campus with its like beautifully manicured lawns and old buildings. And I think he said something like, why why didn't I even know that this existed? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where was this? But you specifically use the phrase working class in the intro to When You're Invisible. And... You know, like I mentioned up top, America has this pervasive myth that class doesn't exist because you're always just like one break away from being a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think an idea that your first couple episodes get at is that, you know, that that is not true. And also, like, it, when you are in the working class, a lot of times people treat you as if you're invisible. And like some mm-hmm. of the behaviors that... They describe. I think it was the the guest of the second episode was talking about like a girl not getting the package she wanted, a, a student at Columbia not getting the package she wanted as quickly as possible, and just laying on the ground, plugging her ears and like screaming at the top of her lungs until just being like la 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 la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, their stories are insane. Like even I, uh, one that we didn't get to include for Ralph was like he was like there's these turnstiles to get into the building from the street where the package center is. Mm. And it's the big turnstiles, like the full body bar one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And apparently there was a student who started going in the opposite direction and the bars weren't moving because there's only one that like you push (laughs) and you go through the open (laughs) hole, but the other side is just bar, 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 bar. So she like gets to the bars 
is noticing it's not moving, starts sticking her arms through it <laughs> to try and see if she can like somehow finagle getting in. Wait, and you're talking goes, about the fixed side of a rotating door side. where the metal yes. bars go underneath the other metal bars? Yes, like, exactly. Oh, she thought, okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, he's like watching her and he goes, Ex- excuse me, other side. <laughs> and she like but he was like she full-on committed like had gotten like one full arm like trying to get through yeah that sounds like me when i'm too high though for to be fair like just like coming to a thing being laser focused on like okay there must be some truth to this right and and i think it's like that laser focus that commitment that like and ralph even says that he's like you know she might just cure cancer with that level of energy (laughs) it's just like didn't didn't translate into like everyday things right yeah or just like yeah the little things in which like they they would often say it's like they'd often get a student who would be like what what like do you not know who i am do you not know who my parents are Uh, rather than just being like what's the logical thing that's happening right now and like are there people really actually trying to make my day harder versus being like (laughs) you know how many packages we get and right. how we have to do this legally because to tamper with someone else's mail yeah right right is actually like punishable in our law yeah. so yeah. all of these like different factors and also just because like honestly they made like the package center home for so many of us and like a lot of us didn't know about each other like the students that actually like felt really connected this group of people and like the more i talked to ralph and louie they would always be like oh yeah yeah this person stopped by and i was Mm. like there's other people (laughs) like one that's awesome but also like crazy that it's it's not really a known or commonplace thing of like oh we all just hang out together like if you work here if you go here we all hang out and that there isn't this like marked difference uh that came into play and i think for me like there were a lot of great students there. Like, don't get me wrong, professors, students, there were a lot of incredible people. But you are met with a lot of different kinds of people and people where you're like, oh, doing your own stuff or doing things that, like, even, like, there's so, I'm trying to, like, think of specific examples. Like, for example, like, laundry for a kid, for kids, like, a lot of them would outsource it. Either have someone who their family hired or they would get a service to do that. A lot of people who had tutors even throughout college where it's like, yeah, this person helps me perfect my papers. And you're just like, what? (laughs) Perfect my papers. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, and you're already so brilliant in my brain. Like there was a level of just like understanding and how the world worked and also I I met people firsthand where they were like upfront and ruthless about like, I want to make money and that is the only thing I want to do in life. Yeah. And like the way they related to other people was actually very much through that lens only. And that was very different than what I'd come from. So for me, experiencing that wide range of humanity was fascinating. And then to hear it firsthand from people who were workers at that school, like was really interesting and especially because they are really great people they are really wonderful yeah 
he talks about how he like wasn't being paid overtime, but he stayed up and like did overnights at the package center because it was at a time when like the books were being distributed and like he was like, well, these students need their books. And just like he has this in addition to just sounding like the most fun person. He's like, yeah, if you're around me, like you're going to have fun. I'm yeah, I can't help it. Like, that's just what's going to happen. But also just like so firmly aware of the social contract contract that yeah. we're all supposed to uphold to like one another and mm-hmm. he holds himself to a high standard when it comes to helping people and mm-hmm. that that was another place where you know i went to school around a lot of people who like went right into finance and you know some good really nice good people who went into finance and then a lot of like shitty people who who went right into finance but like the just more and more we're seeing with those kind of higher ruling classes, like the more Panama papers leak, the more we learn that they're not holding themselves to like any environmental standards when you know the right. energy companies have known the oil companies have known about climate change since before anyone like they're not holding themselves to a standard that upholds the social contract to not just egregiously violate other people's human rights like that that felt like it was like really on display in a in a powerful way in your show thanks yeah yeah i mean that is partially why i wanted this show to exist is just some of the people who uphold that contract the most are people who are like to me like working class folks or or folks who are struggling because like it's very community-based and and also it's a practice of every day. And I think like sometimes as you climb the ladder, like there's this this like, I don't have to uphold it today. Or like if I don't, if I don't do what this person is asking me to do, like then I lose everything I've been trying to build. And yeah. you're like, but how much are you actually losing versus the idea in your head of what you're losing? And then you become then then you allow that to continue slipping, slipping, slipping. And then there's also people who are just like straight up villainous in this world. Yeah. And and I think to me, too, with with seeing how like those levels operate sometimes, I I just want to continue connecting people to each other and being like, you're actually not that different or you are very different, but you can maintain love and compassion. And also like, heck, yeah, I have your back. Like, I want to have your back. And guess what? Actually, if we do understand each other better, if we do connect, we can be like be against all odds and change something. We're seeing it like to me, we're seeing it with the rise of unions again. Right. And yeah. And the labor movement and like being able to connect back to that and being like, yeah, like we we can like believe in the best of people, especially like people who are actually like proving themselves to be working towards that on an everyday basis. Right. I I do think it's underrated how thoroughly the culture what as you said as you like climb the ladder the more you see a culture that is just completely divorced from any consideration of the social contract. Like I th- I think that's something people will be continue to be shocked by like i you know you see it with the panama papers and things like that but you know that I, i'm so glad your podcast exists to kind of ha- have that come out uh you know more and more as as you interview some of these voices yeah that 
aren't heard. Where so the first two episodes were kind of take take place inside the package center. Where where are you taking it from here? So actually, what's actually going to be really interesting in conversation to this conversation to see is my third episode is specifically talking to someone who has worked in household staffing for the wealthy of New York City. Yeah, and Ooh. like. So there's some really oh, no. crazy stories in it. Yeah. And also the complicated conversation of like my podcast is is a short on the shorter side right now. And eventually, you know, we'll love to continue it to make it like hour long further because like it's such an interesting conversation to be like there are people who walk into these homes and don't have any protection whatsoever. Right. And depending on your your class your immigration status, your education, all of these things like factor into how you're treated at times. And that, yeah, there are really good people yeah. out there. There are for sure. But like what's really complicated is like when you start to see the grays of and then the really the really dark parts of it where you're like, it doesn't matter that there are good people if someone can be treated this way when they walk into a home and on the day to day where like they're not being treated well let alone paid well or anything like that. Like, right. what are we doing? So yeah. there's that. But then also being like, there's a lot of an interesting sense of like entitlement that can happen even to good people or decent people where it's like, because I've earned this, I right. deserve to be automatically like treated a certain way or like get all the perks of what I want versus being like, no, if I'm contracting you even for like domestic work, it, this is a partnership. This is an employee employer thing yeah, right. and it has to be laid out. And if there's in, like unsaid or like a changing boundaries, like that's not okay. And I think sometimes people in positions of more power in those situations don't always see the full range of like, oh, wait, let me think about what this means right, uh, for yeah. this person's life. So we talk about that. And then I also talk to undocumented ground zero cleanup crew workers and their experience along with like what they they like look forward to in life and how they like think about this country. Mm. And then I also talk to like a woman who stutters. So like the podcast is mostly centered around working people. But it is also like taking in like to consideration people who have been othered in society, no matter what that looks like. And so I talked to this woman who stutters and one percent of the population globally stutters. And there's actually no difference among different ethnicities or races. It's actually within gender. And so it's very rare to be a woman who stutters. And so I talked mm. to her about what it's like to be perceived as stupid or like someone who doesn't. <laughs> like deserve the time of day to right to have a full conversation with or get to know and so and what that's like growing up even and having that experience so we like do mm. a whole variety and then like my brother also <laughs> married into a white working class family and so i sit down with my sister-in-law's sister who i like knew very little about and was like hey can i talk to you about your life because my perception of your group of people is very different and your perception of my group of people might actually be very different as well so like right. a mexican 
in a white work, working class, like very much a la New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I got a for the New York Times. Yeah, yeah right? I know. know. <laughs> let them know. Be like, guess what? <laughs> the conversation is earth shattering. Yes. Subheading for that New York Times piece. What's like, what's the reaction of people? Because, you know, you also mentioned a lot of these people, these workers, it's like the first time anyone's bothered to interview them. Yes. That anyone has bothered to say, no, no, no. The story is about you. The story is about your lived experience. You don't have to like sugarcoat anything. We want to talk very, you know, honestly about your life. What is that? What's the reaction from people like when you ask them to do that or on the other side of an interview? Like what kind of what what what's the sensation for everybody involved? It's in there's a lot of different perspectives or like feelings involved. Like my sister-in-law's sister was like, no, 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 don't interview me. Like I, I have nothing. I'm not interesting. Like mm. I have no interesting stories. And yet you hear her life stories and you're like, what the heck you you're are like, fascinating, incredible. Right. And then like, even Ralph was like, I mean, I'll do it for you because you're asking me. But like, mm. you know, like it's totally chill. And then he actually was listening to his episode and was told me he was like, I I had to stop and I, I want to finish the episode, but it's taking me a while. And I was like, what? you don't have to. But like, also, can I ask why? And he's like, I just never really saw myself from the outside because no mm. one's been interested in this way. And I and I like am like, I can see how this is a good guy. But like, I also feel so strange to be in this position of like. Wow, I can admire myself. Yeah. Yeah. There's some things that come up throughout the first couple episodes that feel like like almost internalized invisibility. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. that's That's being reflected back to you know, workers, especially people of color is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. More on that. Like, shh, 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 shh. right. You know, exactly. and that, it's very hard to like break out of that to even embrace the fact that you are worthy or that like, you know, like to like Ralph's point is like, I've never even given myself the grace to put like observe myself and understand that I'm a good person. And even despite the terrible inequality, like it's the people that are on the other side of the scale that are working the hardest to uphold some semblance of fairness and i think that's like right fucking wild yeah and that's the thing that's like so like my heart always fills and like makes me want to do this work more and also wants me like i just want more stories like this to be out there because i'm like yeah the way he upholds fairness and kindness and respect in his own life is much more than most people give him and more than he's given himself sometimes. And even just being like, you talk about like, we mentioned how he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this existed. I remember when I was like, oh, you have to, you like art. You need to go to the Met. Like it's free for New Yorkers. Like go to the Met, take your family Mm -hmm. to the Met. And he was like, okay, sure, sure, sure. He goes to the Met. He's like, it's gorgeous. Like what the heck? It's amazing. And I was like, why didn't you go before? And he's like, I didn't think it was meant for me. Yeah, right. And just like that level of like, here's a man who is interested in art, but because of the background he comes from, feels like he's not allowed to enjoy it in the same way. Or like, it's not as common to hear like, hey, you know, it is free for for New Yorkers. So like, go check it out if you can. And 
like just kind of working through that with them or even hearing about like Louis being really conservative about his hopes and dreams of like, yeah, you know, I'm working on my real estate license and just being like sometimes also working class people, they they feel like I think like dreaming is not necessarily something they can do or should do. Yeah. And yet, like, they deserve in my brain. Like, I'm like, yeah. everyone deserves to dream. Yeah. You come from such an interesting background on, like, w- your mom worked as a domestic worker and, like, paid under the table. And, like, she did that to get your dad to a position where he could be a professor. Yeah. 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 And it's it's kind of really incredible and to have seen that and grown up with that. Like, I grew up going to people's houses and doing my homework while my mom cooked and cleaned and organized. And like, I grew up bartering for all the things I did in my activities and stuff like that until like we got more comfortable. And even then, like, because we do have family in Mexico and unfortunately the economic situation in Mexico has never been amazing. Like my family has always sent money back. So our, when we got comfortable, we we had people still relying on us. So the way I've gotten to see it is very different. And then, but still getting to grow up around like education being important. It was my parents' way out. Like my mom backed my dad for his education to right. try and ensure a better life for their family. Mm. And so like being aware of that too and and understanding what a privilege that is. And then also getting to hang out with all different kinds of people like i i hung out with my dad's grad students i hung out with with like workers my mom knew i hung out with like the restaurant workers in the twin cities like i hung out with like a bunch of different people because i also do and did theater and opera (laughs) like so i was like a strange little child who was running around in different communities Mm. and was very like grateful to both be like Accepted and not accepted in any sure, of them. Yeah. Yeah. So being in that like weird in between space, I think allowed me a lot of like access to worlds and feelings and perceptions and cueing into what was going on in different ways. And then also we moved a lot. So like experiencing that in upstate New York, the Twin Cities, mm. then New York City, yeah, yeah. and then now getting to experience what it's like to be in the South have all been like really really incredible and mm. very shaping and also reminds me of like how much stereotypes we have out there and some of them are like fun whatever you know like i'll <laughs> right. even say it like i'm super mexican like i freaking have four kinds of tajin <laughs> in my house at all times like right. i do carry hot sauce in my bag like there you go. <laughs> like i know that i can be a walking stereotype in that way but like how much of it is wrong like like how much lucas concession- were you eating as a kid so much. Okay, all right. <laughs> it was my favorite. It's still my favorite thing ever. Like okay, literally, okay, sure when I went to go see Wakanda Forever, I had like the you know there's like I had Lucas, and then I also had like there's like now a whole bunch of assortments of it. So uh-huh. I had like cucumber covered tahine gummies. Whoa! Mm. So it's like that's my preferred thing. Okay. Snack. Yeah, Snack? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like. For sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, you know, being in the South and being like, damn, there's some really cool people here. 
And then there's some people who are like just like in desperate situations and desperately ignored. Right. Right. It seems like the one universal thing. Yeah. You know, like no matter where we go, like that's one constant is that there are a lot of people who are trying to uphold this sense of fairness in a system that has absolutely discarded them. Yeah. And that's like the kind of really beautiful, cruel irony of a lot of like these, like hearing from these people too. And there are two points, like two things that I thought were like, like straight wisdom from that first episode. One was when Ralph was saying he doesn't understand why people like if you're going to toil, like why spend your whole week just looking forward to these two days where you aren't putting yourself through something when if there is a way to make it work for yourself or try and enjoy yourself, then try that or at least pursue something like that. And then, which was like wild too, because I've been in many jobs too, where I'm like, man, just get to fucking Friday, please. Right. I want to do this. And that was also like some of the hardest shit, like, like in my life in terms of like, mm-hmm. I'm just being so deeply unsatisfied. And then the other was also, I think your grandfather telling your father that do take a job that stimulates your mind, that you use your mind and not yeah. just your hands and things like that. And I think that's such a, like, it's like, those are like those little things you grow up hearing as a child that set you on a path and i think when i heard that i was like wow that's such a a, like such a great thing to be saying to somebody like when they're young or looking to where what direction they want to move in right yeah and uh that when i found that out from my father i learned it young too like from him and i like knew like it was a big thing because i've i've grown up with my my grandfather's story like he was put in an orphanage at a young age like didn't get to finish grade school like he was taken out at fourth grade and like ended up working a lot of manual labor jobs but also tried to make a lot of businesses work like he was a milkman he worked on a farm he even like did some illegal running across the barters like like he was trying desperately to like figure things out and was also a man who always loved information. Like he taught himself English and would read sci-fi books in English, mm. even though he never finished past the fourth grade. Like to me, it was like really moving to hear those stories and then to like also connect that to like, yeah, like my grandfather had the same attitude Ralph has. Like my grandfather would be like, I'm going to tell myself, isn't this great? I like this. And then find the ways to figure it out and make it not just bearable, but livable while I'm doing it if I'm required to do it. Right. And that like mentality is like, holy cow, like that takes an incredible mind, an incredible spirit and like such grit to like figure out like being like this. If this is what I got, what do I need to do? Right. Yeah, Yeah. Especially when increasingly like, you know, we're at that point now where we need more people to like advocate for a kind of life where people can work and not have to think this is torture at the very least I can support myself or my family with it too. And I think that's, you know, I think the ultimate thing you probably want people to come away with when you hear these stories too, is understanding like the, how connected we all are and how much we, how much we owe each other in this process. These people, people we interact with day to day in their various roles, aren't just fucking NPCs in a fucking video Mm -hmm. game. Like the everyone has their own life and is trying to go through it in the same way and to not extend that respect or humility to them, it's just gonna happen, you know, at our own detriment. So yeah, I yeah. think it's 
encourage everybody to listen to the show because it's really fantastic. Yeah. It's When You're Invisible on the Michael Tura Network, and it's very good. Go check it out. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, it's great having you. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah, so we have the show Instagram, which is When You're Invisible Podcast. And then you can also follow me, which is a little bit of a funkier one. It's Marifer, so it's my fusion of my first two names. So M-A-R-I-F-E-R underscore my last name, D-S-D-I-E-Z underscore B as an homage to my mom's last name, which I, I technically still have. There you go. Yeah. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, I mean, <laughs> so definitely. I'm going to pull it up. But like also very much worker related. There you right. go. Especially with the the strikes that are potentially happening with the railroad workers. Mm. So I do love, I'm going to butcher the last name of the person who wrote this tweet. But it's, I think, Sarah Lazar, and it's this whole railroad worker episode further clarifies that the essential worker discourse that we've been bombarded with for almost three years is about disciplining workers to labor in perilous conditions and not about respecting and protecting the people who do vital work. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So, yep. It's like so fucking wild. It's like in general, like, we rely on these people to to keep our country going, but they better not get any ideas that they're human. Right. Right. Exactly. Now let's move on. Like, are you hearing what you're fucking saying? Such a fucking L on the Democrat side to like not fucking do the easy thing inside with them. But you know what? Right. Just made it harder yeah. for, for yourself in a couple of years. Exactly. Yeah. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on uh, at symbol having places at miles of gray wherever you desire i may be there and also find jack and i on our fantastic basketball podcast miles and jack, miles got and jack Matt got Matt boosties. Boosties. uh you know we talk basketball in the dumbest way and also if you like to hear takes on 90 day fiance check uh my other show with sophia alexander out called 420 day fiance uh let's see some tweets that i like oh first one is from at writer bxth uh, talking about like the Good Morning America affair situation. I don't know if y'all kept up with that with the anchors having a little yeah. affair, and people were like the ah. anchors that like got put put on to the third hour, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, they have such amazing such chemistry!" chemistry. Wow. And then they and they got taken and off, they were, <laughs> and then they were having there. an affair. Yeah, out. so uh, they tweeted, <laughs> "Can you imagine exposing your spouse's work workplace affair in the tabloids and the general public being like?" Well, you can't deny the chemistry <laughs> <laughs> because that was the, I think the spouse sending a public investigator and then everyone be like, wow. Hey, yeah. look, look at that. <laughs> yes. Another we one. love this for you too. <laughs> Del Cameron at Del Cam tweeted, weird how turning the net into basically a handful of apps run by a few white guys in the same zip code transformed humanity's greatest invention into a genocide machine capable of resurrecting and funding a hate movement penniless and practically dormant by the late nineties. You're yeah, I felt like that. And then at Dan KGDL tweeted, uh, my boy who I witnessed beer bong a quart of eggnog 25 years ago just posted, oh, yeah, bitches, it's eggnog season. <laughs> so I guess he still likes it. <laughs> still in. Quart is not that much, by the way. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> at one go. Okay. Christy Yamaguchi Main responded to the Matt Taibbi tweet with, the screen cap of the that sums up 
my response to much of the news. Just, I ain't reading all that. I'm happy for you, though. Or sorry that happened. <laughs> brilliant copy pasta. Yes, brilliant uh, copy pasta. Soulmate M. Nate Shyamalan tweeted me, you don't like any of my gifts. Her, no, the five golden rings, uh, five golden rings were nice. It's just me. Do you <laughs> birds? Her, really bird heavy this year. <laughs> So many birds in the 12 gifts of Christmas. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a yeah. Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do you think people might enjoy? This is a retro Afro boogie, I guess, because it's like after Fela, but going into the 80s. So it's a little more electronic, like Afro pop. This artist is named Steve Monite, and he's from Nigeria. And this track is called Things Fall Apart. It's from like the early 80s, but it's just got this like fantastic, like Afro 80s, like pop vibe going on it's really dope uh and like you can just hear like the tape crackling because you know this shit was old like recorded back in the day i love it you'll probably like it too and if you don't whatever don't at me but this is things fall <laughs> apart by steve do Moni people ever at you and be like i didn't like that one song oh yeah 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 people people dm me and stuff don't do that don't do it's that. It's fine. Listeners. I don't care. Do what you do. Whatever you gotta do. I mean, <laughs> like, that's, that's so... it's not my prerogative to like take that on board and feel bad. Oh my god. Hey, people got time, you know. But I yeah. also have a strong sense of self, so there you go. doesn't <laughs> doesn't typically affect me unless you're talking about like the Lakers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which case, leave me alone. They're looking pretty good. Three in a row. Jack, it's just gonna, look, things fall apart is probably going to be the description of the next three. Like, <laughs> they need to just start treating AD like Giannis. Just, you know, yeah. He, yeah. he's the focal. Anyways, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. And we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.